Hi, I'm Tony Fair, founder of Victorian Grooming Company. Is your beard feeling dry or the skin underneath itchy? Maybe you'd rather soften and tame your beard instead. Our classic collection of beard oils, balms, and soaps will leave your beard looking, feeling, and smelling amazing. And if you prefer shaving, our pre-shave oils and shave soaps will give you a smooth and razor burn free shave. Handmade in Edmonton with natural ingredients, visit victoriangrooming.com. Craig here. Welcome to another edition of the podcast, Tell Craig Your Story. Today we'll be doing something a little bit different. I went to Rucker Park in Shanghai to watch the MKW main event, which was Zombie Dragon versus MA. Now this was the MKW World Championship match. Now I was lucky enough to interview both Zombie Dragon and MA before the match and also after the match. So it gives a really good insight to how they prepare for a world championship belt match. I'd also like to thank Adrian Gomez, who is the CEO of MKW Wrestling in China. And you can listen to the podcast that I did with Adrian Gomez. It's episode 119. But before we go, please go to our website. We're at Podbean. Talk your story at podbean.com. You can find us on all the major streaming services at Tell Craig Your Story. We have a YouTube channel. Make sure you're subscribing to get all the latest updates. And please give us a like as well. We have VK for our Russian listeners and WeChat for our Chinese listeners. All right, here we go. This is my chat with wrestling athletes Zombie Dragon and MA on Tell Craig Your Story podcast. Hi guys, how are you doing this afternoon? Hello, hello. Hello, hello. <laughs> it's great to see you. Thank you very much for your time. We've got a busy schedule. So let's talk about tonight's event straight up. We've got Zombie Dragon and we've got MA. So let's talk about the main event tonight. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's for the uh, MKW World Championship. Championship that has a lot of uh, prestige. It's very uncommon for an independent promotion to have an actual world title that's been defended Yes. in other parts of the world but the mkw championship really does have that lineage yes yes um me and zombie we're doing a lot match but this is a brand new match for us for the mkw world champion we are both excited for it and recently you were just on the chris jericho oh, talkers yes, jericho yes. podcast yeah. tell us about that experience it's good yeah chris jericho's nice and um, we talk a lot and interesting it's all interesting and 
Just yeah, it's coming out in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So we look out for that. So Zombie Dragon, why didn't you get an opportunity? Chris Jericho, he just doesn't like the Georgia boys or what? <laughs> I was asleep. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, it wasn't nothing like that. Nah, because uh, uh, I thought it would be better anyway to have the champion on. Right. You know what I mean? And he was the champion at the time. So it was cool to have MA on with yeah. Jericho. And I think, honestly, if I could choose to have myself versus someone else on, I'd rather some of the Chinese talent get their likeness out there get their exposure out there because i can easily you know go back home and wrestle somewhere but it's a little harder to get their name out with wrestling being so infantile here you know what i mean what was the big decision to come to china i mean it's not every day that you wake up oh i'm gonna go to china how did it all come about with you coming to harbin and working with mkw I was, uh, the, the wrestler Uncle Money was someone that I uh, had a hand in training back home, and he came to China first, and he found MKW because he wanted to continue to pursue pro wrestling, hmm. and MKW got into a point where they wanted to uh, evolve, they wanted to have a school, they wanted to have, they wanted to have uh, a head trainer, so he put my name in the hat and told uh, Adrian Gomez, hey, there's this guy, Zombie Dragon, who is an experienced pro wrestler. He would probably be willing to come out to China to help train some guys. And ironically, one day I was at my, at my job. I was an engineer. I was just having like one of those really bad days. And at, in that moment, Adrian, Adrian got me in a, in a, in a, sight of, in a sign of weakness. <laughs> right. I, was, uh, I was in that moment, you know, emotionally weak. I was vulnerable. Yes. And he messaged me and everything, and we talked for a bit. And he seemed like a really cool guy. And I was like, you know what? Why not? You know, why not take that chance? Because I felt like if I didn't, I'd always be wondering why why I didn't, wondering what could have happened. Was the deal to wrestle and be the uh, like the part of the dojo as well? Like yes. It the was, head trainer? Yeah, it was uh, to wrestle for MKW. It, actually, the original deal was to wrestle exclusively for MKW and be the head trainer because there were a lot of other shows in china at the time yes and eventually the character it got really popular and then we figured out a way that i would be with mkw as my home base but also be allowed to wrestle for uh other shows in china and of course other places in asia and europe and so on yes ma for you I do believe you're from Guangdong, yes. Guangdong province. So how did you get involved in the wrestling business? Were you going to shows? Yeah, I just watching, watching wrestling when I was a kid. And when I was uh, uh, 12, 10, I didn't want to try wrestling. And I started to go to uh, the first uh, wrestling company in China and training. And after that, I became a wrestler. <laughs> I just was that Slam? Yeah, it was Slam, yep. CWE. And was it just a tryout that you did to get yeah, in? Yeah, I, I really want to wrestle, but in that time, you know, we only got CW as the uh, only one wrestling company in the China. So I trained good, and Slam was uh, giving me a good opportunity, so I just keep doing it. Yeah. And then you debuted in 2015? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What was that experience like the first time? Uh, the first time, the first time MKW show is my where we my first time, uh, uh, first match, and I broke my arm in the first time, so I don't <sighs> have the match. Wow! Uh, 
<laughs> it's really funny. And and last show was 2016, and I uh, I did a match with uh, King of Man in that town. So it's really good. Oh, I ac- yeah. actually think I saw that you accidentally got injured, right? Oh yeah, that was uh, 2020. Uh, uh, 2020 in the uh, Christmas mm. I got a big Christmas gift and <laughs> <laughs> I broke his arm <laughs> <laughs> was it a slow uh, process or? yeah yeah I don't take care that the arm uh, really good so he um, get healed slowly mm. yeah and Zombie Dragon before you were in Mid-Atlantic wrestling yes a- yes and Southern Eastern yeah, a lot of southeastern wrestling yeah. in Mid Atlantic. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what experiences did you get from that, and how did you end up getting your name? Well, all right. So the first, the first part, mm. as far as like experience, mm. wrestling in the South, uh, it's all about psychology in wrestling. Why are you doing what you're doing? Yes. You know, it's uh, the mind behind the moves. That's pretty much Southern wrestling, and that was pretty much my home base learning the psychology of wrestling. And then once you start to travel to other tor- territories, it starts to become a thing of the bigger moves or you know lucha and the mm. different styles. So even though we don't technically have territories, we still have like different mentalities depending on where you wrestle. Yeah. So that was kind of the experience factor. And as far as the name Zombie Dragon, that was kind of a joke because as a wrestler, we're on the road a lot. Mm. And one of the things we do to pass time is we play a name game. Yeah. So the driver will start with A, and he'll name a wrestler with A, and someone will do B. Right. And we were playing the game. We got to Z, and we did Zach Gow and Zeus, and then I, <laughs> I fell on Z. There, was, there were no more Zs. Yes. So I was like, ah, I need to think of a Z. <laughs> and I got pissed because I lost the game. And I told my friend, I said, I swear to God, I'm going to create a wrestler with the name Z, something with a Z, Yes. And we're going to play this game again, and I'm going to win. <laughs> and so that's how, that's why my name is Zombie Dragon yeah. and not Dragon Zombie. Right. Just, just for that game. Right. And uh, putting a mask on, mm-hmm. uh, the reasons behind, behind that. Uh, I was always a masked wrestler, even mm. from like when I literally first came in. I always knew I wanted to be a masked wrestler. Because, again, being from Atlanta, uh, WCW was our thing. And yes. I was really attracted to the cruiserweights, uh, you know, guys like Psychosis. Ultimo, Hoovy, all those guys. Ray Mysterio. Yeah, Ray yeah. Mysterio. All yeah. of those guys were like, you know, my bread and butter. That's what got me into the to wrestling. And I was like, you know, I just I want to be a masked wrestler. That's what attracts me. So that's how that came to be. Right. And uh, I see some quotes in my research, and it was saying that even when you were starting out, you had a very unique style of wrestling. What does that mean to someone that doesn't know too much about wrestling? Mm. A unique style is something that you won't see very often. Mm. So sometimes as wrestlers, we all get into this habit of watching the same things and we draw inspiration from the same thing. So if everybody's, let's just say, for example, watching Monday Night Raw and you might see a cool move or a cool spot. And there's a good chance that if you saw it, someone else saw it and you might have two to three people doing the same thing in the match and they can all do it flawlessly, but the fans who paid already saw it. So for me, with wrestling, my mentality was, does this fit my character? And how often is this done? So a lot of time when I do film study for pro wrestling, I watch a lot of older wrestling. Right. I watch like wrestling from the 80s. 
I watch uh, obscure wrestling right. or I watch movies and things like that where I know it won't be oversaturated with wrestlers uh, taking notes. Yeah, because it seems as if the WWE have this very set structure style of wrestling and they don't really like to sort they of... They don't like to deviate from yeah, that style. Yeah, yeah. So that's good that you're actually doing that. And they talk to me about wrestling in China. I've been to the two smackdowns before the covid and it seems to have a hardcore fan base here so where do you think the fans are coming from here in china the fans in china the fans in china just where we live and most of it is in guangdong and shanghai and there's mo- most of them the fans from and uh, about other other uh place there's no, 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 not much pro wrestling fans, and most of the people doesn't know pro wrestling fans in China. Mm. And uh, do you think it's building here now that MKW is starting to get some shows now? Do you think there's a bit of a groundswell? Yes, all the pro wrestling company in China are building this marketing. I, I can say uh, WWE want to build a market in China, mm. but it's where we tough, where we hard to break, uh, build a market in China because. The China got the online. They got a firework or something. The uh. firewall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, the government about to come shut this down. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah, they're watching us. <laughs> but we'll be better if we keep doing this. And for you personally, did you have a tryout for WWE in yeah. China? Yeah. Tell uh, us about that experience. Uh, I fought the tryout. Why is that? For the tryout, I got a first tryout, but just um. How to say? Uh, I, I talked to the coach and and the guy who who doing the tryout before the tryout. So he told me uh, he really likes me, and he said, uh, and the, uh, including WWE China, he said uh, you must get into WWE. So he gave me the number one, cause number one, give me the numbers, number one. What? He want me to show up all the Thailands, uh, all the guys. They don't know how to wrestle. They want me to teach them. They show them, and I work very hard in that time. I work very hard in that time. And I do a free uh, workout in the days, and I gain weight. But in the tryout, I fucked up in the second row, just a row. I fucked up. Oh. Got twist. The independent wrestling in Australia, they had the tryouts when the WWE yeah. come down there, and the wrestlers were saying they were only looking for a particular style of wrestler that. And they wanted someone to just work on an arm, a part of the body. That's all. They didn't want the big guy. They didn't want the high flyers. They didn't want going through a table. They wanted someone to go in there and to be able to work. And for some of them going in there, these big guys, they've got the the big strong moves. So it was really difficult for them. So if WWE ever come back here, is that something that you're going to teach in the dojo in MKW, or are you going to keep to a particular like Chinese style? That's already what what I teach. Right. That that tryout was before I came, but that's because that's the part of psychology, working on a body part. Yes. So, for example, MA, he his finisher is a lariat. So, as a wrestler, I would work on his arm. Right. Know, I would attack his arm, and you know the same thing can be applied with the leg, the neck area, the back. Um, and again, that is what the WWE is looking for because a, a person like that is a smart wrestler. But they're also looking for people who are coachable. Right. Because there are some people who are, you know, absolutely fantastic pro wrestlers, but they're not coachable. 
or they might have a bad attitude and they yeah. won't pick those guys. But they'd rather put somebody who's maybe not so much a good wrestler. Maybe they can work a body part. Maybe they can't. But if that person is coachable, they can mold that person into what they want them to be. Yes. And so that's one of the things I try to teach. Be coachable. Yeah. It's okay if you can't do uh, that one move that you really want to do. Yeah. Modify it. Change yeah. it. Do something else. It's okay. You know. And who's coming to your dojo and... What prerequisites do they have to have to join or try out? As far as like people who were there, some of the guys were already wrestlers. So like we had uh, Black Mamba, Hanwan, and a few others. Uh, the other people, there are people who, for example, Poseidon is one of our younger students. He was uh, going to university and he chose to go to a university in the same city as the dojo just so he could train. So I don't have any true prerequisites because it can... Even though wrestling is f inclusive for everyone, it's not for everyone. Yes. But I don't know that until I see you. That's I right. I have to see what you're willing to put out. I have to see your passion. Do you want to really do this? Or are you just trying to make money? Yes. You know, sometimes we get people who think it's an easy buck and they don't want to put in the work and then they figure out they can't do it. But I have to at least see them first and put them through the ringer. Yes. When you get the job or when you get started, you get on the roster, can you still, can you be professional, just a professional wrestler or do you still have to have some sort of background or, or have so, uh, work a second job? Oh, that's a good question. Depends. It depends. Some, uh, because people come from different backgrounds. Yes. So me, of course, no. But mm. for some of the other wrestlers, yes. Especially when COVID hit, it got mm. really bad for a lot of the guys because some of them did have second jobs some of them um, had a little bit of money saved up and the dojo does provide a place for them to live once they pay their tuition so right. they have a place to stay at least and I, if I'm not mistaken they were having an allowance for their food mm. but some guys of course you want more things in gear yes you know you uh, your gym membership those are things you want to uh, start to pay for on your own Tell us about some of the up-and-coming students that you have that are going to be featured in the near future. Oh, man. So uh, I think some of the better guys would be like DC Chen. He's one we're trying to get back. He went uh, right when COVID got like really bad. He went to, uh, if I'm not mistaken, Portugal. Portugal. But we want to get him back. He was uh, a really hungry student. Uh, Black Mamba, I don't really consider him a student per se, because he was originally trained by the slam. He's another person uh, who I could see going really far. I, I, and in fact, I, I would almost consider him one of the veteran wrestlers of the Chinese. Right. Uh, oh my God, so many. Who else? Uh, MA, MA, are there any in Guangdong that you could recommend? Yes, there's a lot. Uh, from KOPW, mm. there's my old, old buddy, uh, Jay, uh, Jason Wong. There's um Feng Jianlang, a Chinese name. There's there's uh Peng Wei, and a lot, a lot of good wrestling in Guangdong. Right. I'm always interested to know. Do you prefer to be a babyface or a heel, and why? Good question. Do I prefer to be a babyface or heel? Normally, I don't mind. Yeah. I want it. Actually, honestly, I wanted to be a heel with this character. I truly did. Yeah. That was the thought process going into it, but. What happened was putting that character on a card and you have... You're like a superhero. Yeah, it becomes like... it's It really, really stands out. Like yeah. There are characters that stand, stand out, but with the mask and all that stuff, it really, really 
stands out. Mm-hmm. And then, as you said, like with the the style of wrestling is a bit different. Mm. And so people end up gravitating towards the character. And so that's what made us decide to turn it to a babyface character. It's weird, like when I think about it, like back in the States, I can do more visually like there's the blood running down the neck and all that stuff and i'm like why are people cheering for this <laughs> what is wrong with you people right <laughs> and for you ma which do you prefer being a baby face or, or a heel a uh, heel why is I, that i don't like face i, yeah. I look bad so <laughs> <laughs> heel is better for me yeah, yeah. Is that something that you teach as a part of that, to yeah. be to be a heel, like absolutely. to do, to do absolutely. promos and everything, yeah, absolutely, man. I I even use like different people. I use actors. I use different. Yeah, right. You know, actors. You might be in one movie where you're a good guy, and then the next movie you're a bad guy. I try to teach them facial expressions, uh, body mm. language, different things like that when you're switching over between babyface and heel. Right. And most of the guys can get it, and it's it's amazing. The wrestlers who come to us who do know wrestling, and then when you explain it to them, they're like, "Wow, I never even, never thought about that. I never yeah. knew there was so much nuance in pro wrestling." Mm. There's been some wrestlers, uh, especially in the WWE, that were fantastic wrestlers, but couldn't cut a promo. Mm. And then the business starts going, "Well, yep. you're a great wrestler, but we can't put you on TV. You have a family in, yes. in the United States. How difficult is that living here?" trying to live your dream and have a family back at home oh man it's difficult it's it's very difficult but i think communication is key you know Mm. we're always talking or we have our set times where we always talk even though there's a time difference it's like a 12 hour time difference that's easier for me to work with mathematically (laughs) yes so you know we talk a lot and then uh, i always try to plan to go home at christmas so i could spend time with all my family and stuff like that you know and with technology today it's easy to keep in touch, you know, but had this been like early 90s, I don't know how I would have been able to do it. Yeah, absolutely. For you, MA? It's close. It's to, uh, it's, we're both in China. Yeah. And in Guangdong, it's close. I fight back just two hours. And for my work, I got a lot of business trip. And I so you, used so to go home. So you have a second job? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Second job. So what is it, if you don't mind uh, me asking? I work in a music company called Pyro Music. Oh, that's interesting. If for the people listening, he looks like he's about to do a rap <laughs> video. I, when I saw him today, I was like, why do you look like you're about to film a video? <laughs> yeah. Chinese music, just getting off the topic. Uh, what uh, Chinese music it's is? Not, it's not Chinese music. Hmm. It's, um, uh, it's the pyro. EDM music. Oh, yeah. that's so very... Just doing the uh, uh, EDM event or something. Hmm, it's very interesting. Now, it says here that... You've been to six different countries wrestling. A little more, but yeah. How many? U.S., China, Thailand, Vietnam, Nepal, Austria, Japan, Thailand. I can't remember them all. (laughs) Well, like I said before, a lot of my listeners are from Australia. So I, I don't see MKW or anything related to Australia. I would love to go there. Do you plan or can you see anything in the future for an Australian tour? I can see. I, I want to get in touch with uh, EPW in Australia. That's one of uh, They look really good. I like their production setup. I like some of their guys. Like Damien Slater is a really good uh, pro wrestler. I want to, uh, you know, go down there for a tour. I'd love to go to the Down Under. Yeah. And uh, like just looking at AEW and WWE, we sort of starting to get sprinkles of, like we've got Rhea Ripley, yeah. Uh, 
way back. Like my dad and my grandfather, they talk about Killer Kowalski. Coming oh man, down, that was coming, my guy, Killer Kowalski. Coming down there and uh, <laughs> grabbing the. Yeah. My, my grandfather used to grab my my tummy and yeah, oh, the that's claw. Killer Kowalski. Yeah, the claw. <laughs> oh man. So. Get down there. Yeah, I got to get down there. We've got some fans down there. And for you, MA, have you ever been to Australia before? No. No? no. Plans for the future for MKW. What's uh, coming up after tonight's show? Let me see. After tonight's show, we are planning another show in Shenzhen. It's going to be, we call it the Bash at the Bay. That's one of our big events. Mm. That's like our, I guess you could say our WrestleMania. Yes. Uh, so that's one of our next events that's coming up. Um, we're making sure we can get all the wrestlers here because we want to have some outside talent to fly in. So once we got everybody secured, then we'll have a uh, set date that we'll post online and promote to everyone. But that's going to be like a really kick-ass event. Talk like a story. All right, we're back. Yeah. So we've finished, and the champion is still remaining champion. <laughs> so what did you think of that performance? Oh, and what good. did you think of the crowd? That's good. Yeah? Yeah. Um, the fans was uh, like it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And I feel good. Yeah. Zombie too. Zombie too. <laughs> I thought it was a little dangerous. Like, the people got out of, the c- out of their chairs and went to let the front of the mat. So you said that was all pre, you already determined, so you already knew that that was going to happen, right? Well, I knew the fans were planning to uh, be at, like, the, the ringside, the apron area. Yeah. So once I knew that going into it, I can kind of uh, better plan what I'm going to do from there. You yeah. know what I mean? Not use that side as often or intentionally use that side to give them, like, more immersion into the match. Right. And what did you think of the crowd? You could see that there was some new fans there. <laughs> couple of uh, older fans right so i saw like you know when you're wrestling in china a lot of times you'll get people who are just curious as to what pro wrestling is they see the poster and they see the characters and they're like okay what is this and we also had some diehard wrestling fans and so the new people once they hear the other people counting one two or this is awesome they start to follow and they get into it and uh, again, we were talking earlier about psychology mm. and storytelling. That's, you know, something I'm pretty big on. And so they knew to start cheering. Okay, this is where I need to start cheering for zombie. You start, we start to elicit emotion from those new people. So hopefully they'll go home and they'll go to Baidu or whatever they use and look up KOPW, MKW, WWE, AEW, and they'll start to get inside of that wrestling sphere, you know? Yeah, definitely. Before we left tonight, you were going through some sort of moves. So describe just a little bit of what you're doing there. Mm. So first, the first thing I like to do is figure out a way to establish the character. I always try to pretend that every match I go into, these people have no idea who this character is or what this character does. So I'll do like little creepy things or handstands, like unnatural things that you probably won't see. That gives them... I guess you could say the backdrop for the character. And then it starts to go into the shine. This is where, you know, of course, the good guy looks good. And so for me, I have to plan that accordingly. And so we have to go over it many times because sometimes people will get it right once and they'll just say, okay, I got it. But for me, I feel like don't practice until you get it right. Practice until you can't get it wrong. You know what I mean? So we go over it many, many, many times because if we fail at that part, we fail at establishing the character 
and that's just going to make the rest of the match that more difficult yeah and in terms of styles I mean, uh, you're bigger than Zombie Dragon, so do you have to adjust your technique or how you plan out the mat? Um, not really. I'm used to it. I'm used to being the smaller guy, and it makes it easier for me, you yes. know, because it's easy for me to make him look strong. Right. That's my job as a smaller guy, to take his slams and make them look powerful right. because the stronger he looks, it also helps me in the match. It makes me look good if I'm kicking out of his stuff, so... Right. I honestly prefer to wrestle bigger guys because it's just kind of in my nature to wrestle those types of guys and make them look good. And in turn, they help me look good. Right. I wanted to talk about like how you found wrestling and who was your trainer uh, in the U.S.? Okay. So how did I find wrestling? My mom bought me the Nintendo 64 and... Isn't that how Adrian got into wrestling? Probably. Like, probably. Like probably had the same well. story. Yeah. It was an N64. She got me that game, WCW versus NWO Revenge. And so I just thought it was a fighting game. I didn't know what wrestling was. I was like, I didn't, my small mind, I didn't think that those could be real people. Mm. So, But I love that fighting game. Yeah. And then one day I was flipping through channels. I was like, hey, that looks like, oh my God, this is real. <laughs> People can actually do this. People can climb. I was like, I'm going to do that. That's what I'm going to do when I grow up. And so when I was in high school, I was looking at uh, schools online. And uh, do you remember? I don't know if you remember the power plant. That was WCW. WCW used to have the power plant. When the power plant closed down, it became WWA4. Right. That's the school that I went to. And the trainer there was Mr. Hughes. Right. Uh, and so after I left WWA4, I went to Platinum Championship Wrestling to really hone my craft. And that was also in Atlanta. Right. So that's where I uh, got my roots, so to speak. And with your roots, who were the, some of the wrestlers there? Because I, I did mm. see the list of the wrestlers that were on there. Can you tell me some of the ones that you, re you wrestled with or against? Uh, well, I'll give you some of the guys that I trained with because yeah. these are the same people you wrestle with. It was like John Gresham, uh, Rick King. Those are two guys I really like. Apollo Crews. Apollo Crews. Right. Um, A.R. Fox. Right. He's the trainer there now, A.R. Fox. Right. And God, just so, so many guys have come through that place. Mm. And we had just a really good group of trainers because in that school, we had five rings. We had the WWE ring, the WCW ring, a smaller ring, a crash pad ring and a boxing ring. So we knew like the different sizes. We knew the different stiffness. We had a ring specifically for high flyers. Like it was really well done. Right. But we had all different styles tonight. Do you think that that'll also bring in more fans? Because I noticed with the boxing, the people were like just kind of like sitting down and like clapping. And then when you guys come out, it was like, whoa. <laughs> you know, everybody just stood up and, and we're really fired up uh, and pumped up so uh, do you think that this is this is also helping mkw's go to that next level absolutely absolutely yeah, yeah. because you know after tonight again some i took a lot of <laughs> i took a lot of pictures with a lot of people and i'm sure a lot of them will look me up and they're going to see a lot of my work with mkw and they'll see other wrestlers in mkw that might end up being their favorites you know what i mean i don't mind being someone's favorite or someone they like but i want you to experience other wrestlers mm -hmm. so they're going to look up mkw they're going to see ma they're going to see cold ray plata they're going to see all those guys and say wow they have a whole team 
Right. So, yeah, it absolutely will help MKW. So what do you guys do now? Like you said that the next big main event is not until January. Yes. So it's still a couple of months away. So right. what do you guys do during this time? Well, for me, yeah. um, I'll let him answer next. But for me, let's see, I'll be doing, I'm going to do Singapore in a few weeks. And then from Singapore, the next week, I'm going to do Taiwan. And then after that, I think I'm going to go back. To, no, I'm going to go to Vietnam. And then I'm going to go to the U.S., and then I'm going to come back to Vietnam and then I'm going to do the show in China in January. So you still have, you're under contract with MKW, but you're still allowed to go on. Yeah, I can still freelance around. Yeah. Right. Got it. For me, um, I got a, a show in Malaysia uh, next month and next month Hong Kong. Okay. And... I don't know yet. Right. <laughs> Maybe I got booking. So with you being the champion, do you still carry the belt for these international tours? Yes, yes. What Asians want, what MKW wants is um, uh, when MKW have, have no shows and <laughs> I should carry the belt uh, throughout the world, maybe, to, you know, um, gain the belt. And get some sort of promotion. Uh, yes, yeah, yes, get yes, some yes, sort of yes. buzz. And is there any plans to go out there? Do a show in maybe Japan? I mean, you had the girls there tonight coming over and doing a great job. Wants to go to Japan. Yeah. If I got booking, I, I would go to Japan. Is it difficult to get bookings over there in Japan or is it? In China. Uh, oh. Chinese wrestlers, it's hard to get booking. Oh, what, visa? Uh, visa is one of the problems. Uh, second is uh, in the world, they, they doesn't know Chi Chinese uh, in China, they got wrestling in China. They got right. wrestling in China. Nah, I don't have problems. <laughs> <laughs> I just go. Yeah. I just go. I got like, yeah, some of the promotions, I got, I have like an open door policy. Like, yeah. they're just like, if you want to come back, just let us know and then we'll work something out. So, yeah. but it's easier for me because like for him, it would, he would have to have a visa, right? Yeah. Uh, for me, I could just go. So that's an extra expense if you bring somebody over the flight and the visa. So uh, it's a little different depending on where you're from. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? The best piece of advice I've ever been given was probably uh, not directly to me, but I heard, uh, I guess it's two things. They were from, uh, one was from Dutch Mantel. He mm. said, whether you're wrestling in front of 10,000 people or 10 people, those 10 people that paid their money deserve to be just as entertained as people who paid $10,000. Yeah. So even though like tonight that ring was you know, terribly stiff, mm. I wanted to give those people their money's worth. You know mm. what I mean? Yes. And the other piece of advice was from Jim Cornette. He talked about slowing down. So smaller guys tend to do, 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 do. You've met Jim Cornette? I've not, not met him. Oh, I mean, okay. I heard this through okay. him. Yeah, sure. And actually, I have met Jim Cornette. We did, we did meet briefly at PCW, at the Masquerade in Atlanta. I think his podcast is <laughs> the best podcast ever. Yeah, he goes <laughs> off, but he said um, he, was, he was telling it to Lance Storm and Smoky Mountain. He was like, right. if you're just doing moves, then as an, a commentator, I have to say, drop kick, arm jack, clothesline. I have to say that, that, that. But if you do one move and you wait, then I can talk about you. Got I it. could talk about your lineage, where you come from, how trained you are. I can make you look better if you do less. Mm. Help me help you. And so that was the other uh, piece of advice. Got it. Uh, for me, it's my uh, first coach, Sam. He chose me uh, wrestling hurt and wrestling pain. Uh, you don't blame 
uh, your opponent uh, hit you hard or or uh, or when you got damage in the match, you don't blame no one. Hmm. That's good. Yeah. That is good advice. But what do you say to the the names, the people that like, oh, it's fake. I don't. Know. <laughs> 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 well, it depends. Like, cause some people say it in like kind of a cliche kind of way mm. like they don't they don't mean to insult you and i'm not going to insult them you know mm. but what i do is respectfully at least i try to um open their mind to like how movies are shot and i explain to them what we're doing is basically like a live movie mm. the only difference is we don't get to say cut when we mess up we have to just continuously go through so in that aspect it's it's predetermined yes but uh, it really does hurt. I'm not going to go chop a fan or something <laughs> crazy like that, but I do explain it, yeah. you know, explain it to them so they can have a better understanding. Yeah. So I also think that the injuries are not fake. And yeah. uh, there's, there's sometimes that you can get seriously hurt. What would you say to someone that listening to this in Australia that wants to do what you do? I would say find a reputable school mm -hmm. and be coachable. You don't have to look like Batista or Brock Lesnar. <laughs> Wrestlers come in all different shapes and sizes. Yeah. And you can make your body and your character work for you. Think about the movies we have, right? There, there needs to be someone to be Batman, yes, but we also need someone to look like the Joker. We need someone to look like the, Whit the Riddler. We need a Catwoman. We need a Superman. We need all different types of people. So I would say... If you're thinking about doing this and you're listening to this, you're probably in your head unsure about it. Most schools allow like a, uh, what do you call an introductory hmm. training camp, maybe for free, maybe at a reduced cost. Check around, see if they have one and, you know, just try at least, at least try. Got it. If you want to do wrestling, just don't give up. Yes. And think about China is in this, uh, Progressing less kids country, we we still can wrestle. We still can do wrestling. We still can have a progressor. So if you want, Australia is a big wrestling com uh, country. So if you uh, want to do uh, want to do wrestling, just don't give up. Yep. It will be a wrestler. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You got to dream big, right? Yeah. Social media, guys. Where can we find you online for people that are listening? Uh, Instagram is uh, ma at kts one. Okay. All right. So you could normally find me posting memes on Facebook. <laughs> uh, you'll find me on Facebook as Alberto Curry. That is not my real name, but Facebook won't let me change it. So <laughs> look up Alberto Curry on Facebook. That's where I normally am. Or you could message me on Twitter at TH number three, Zombie Dragon. I did have Instagram, but because I'm in China, it's blocked and I'm too lazy to unlock it. So those are the only two places I'm at. And for MKW, the social medias? For MKW, Middle Kingdom Wrestling. Middle mm -hmm. Kingdom Wrestling, uh, that's their Twitter handle. It's also their Facebook and their Instagram. They're also on YouTube as well. Who is your greatest inspiration slash hero and why? Kobashi Kenda. I really like Kobashi Kenda. I really like uh, Strong Style. So uh, Right now, uh, I'm doing the match. I, I'm doing Strong Style because uh, Kobashi Kenda and Misawa. Right. And, and these two guys and... Uh, the the uh the guy in there in, in in that age really changed me and really makes me want want to do a rap progressing. Yeah. Yeah. 
I know everybody's expecting me to say Muda or Jury <laughs> or something like that. Something cool. I'm not going to give you nothing cool. Mama, dad. Right. My, my, my greatest wrestling hero, at least, is Psychosis. That mask was so cool. And that's where my mask takes inspiration from with the horns. So yeah. that's because when I first saw him in that black and white with the horns, I was like, man, this guy looks like a cow. <laughs> I love cows. <laughs> I want to be like that guy. I want to be a cow when I grow up. Yes. So that's like my greatest inspiration. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for giving me the opportunity to come in today. Yeah. Uh, yeah thank you. Great match. Uh, great night. Right on. Hell thank yeah. you so much. Thank you. Hi, I'm Nigel the Shanghai Psychic. I can tune into your loved ones in the spirit world. But I can also tune into you. Tell you about your path and the choices that you need to make and need to know. I'm currently giving 30% discount on all Tell Craig Your Story listeners. Just use the code Tell Craig Your Story for 30% off your first psychic reading with me online at Nigel the Shanghai Psychic.